Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC radio network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for Hot Copy, the vivid drama behind the paragraphs of a daily newspaper column. Hot Copy is the absorbing story of a young newspaper woman, Anne Rogers, a clever, attractive girl with a nationally syndicated column, Second Glance, in which she covers many events which other, less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch, hence the wide circulation and popularity of her column. Her stories, in the words of her adventurous profession, are always hot copy. Now, listen to this new and exciting episode, in which she again seeks hot copy in today's story, Death in the Driver's Seat. Adapted from the original script, as broadcast on radio, May 7th, 1944. Evening, Potter. Oh, nasty night, eh? Hello, Mr. Cheney. Yes, it certainly is, sir. Should I call you a cab, sir? Yes. Uh, please do. I'll blow my whistle. There's one at the cab stand, sir. I don't know if you'll come, though. He's refused all passengers for the past 15 minutes. So choosy nowadays, these taxi drivers. Ah, here he is. Thanks, Potter. Good night. Thank you, sir. Good night, sir. Club Royale, driver. Oh, you needn't drive so fast, my man. <laughs> We've got all night. Say, be careful. Practically took that corner on two wheels. What are you trying to do? Kill us both? And, 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 and wait a minute. Where are you going? I said the Club Royale. That's uptown. This is the wrong direction. You've turned toward the river, you idiot, and we're on a dead-end street. Hey, 
Slow down. There's nothing beyond that wooden fence except water. Slow down. Stop, I tell you. Let me out of this car. Hey, you're going to smash right through the fence. We'll both be drowned. Drowned. No. Stop. Grapple set. Start the winch. Stand back there. Hi, you. Move. Move back. Look, Inspector Collins. They're starting to pull the car out of the river now. Yes. And you're sure you want to stay? This may not be very pleasant. I realize that. But when someone as important as Randolph Cheney dies, I feel it's my duty to get the story for second glance. The column comes first, eh, Anne? I'm afraid so. And the Cheneys have been in the public eye for years. He's big business, written in all capital letters. And she used to be a movie star in the old silent film days. Up it comes now. Stand clear. All over this way. That's it. Hey, Inspector. Inspector Collins. Lieutenant Flanagan is calling you, Inspector. Yes. Look, Anne, do something for me, will you? Go to Mrs. Cheney. Why, why, yes. If you think I should... Please. I asked her not to come, but she insisted. This will be quite a shock. Of course. I'll go to her right away. Good. Okay, Mike, here I come. Here comes the inspector. Set her down easy, boys. Get back, everybody. Open the door. Drain the water out. It 
Excuse me. May I get through? Thanks. Oh, excuse me, please. Sorry. Uh, Mrs. Cheney? Yes? I hope you'll forgive me. I'm Ann Rogers. Inspector Collins asked me to come. Harold. Martin. What are they doing now? I can't see a thing. All these horrible, horrible people staring. They're opening the car doors, Mother. Letting the water drain out. Take me there. I must see. I must see. Evelyn, my dear, don't you think it would be better not to? No. Please, Harold. I must see Randolph. But Mrs. Cheney, please. Look. Two buddies in the car. Yes, I see. Cheney and the cab driver. Inspector, let me get a picture of this. Let me through. Please. I've got to see... Ah! Randall! No! No! Mother. Please, Mother. Come away. Yes, Evelyn. Come with me. He's gone. What am I ever going to do without him? Dead. Randall. Speak to me. Randall. Mrs. Cheney, I can't tell you how sorry I am about this. Yes, I understand. Uh, Martin, if you don't mind, could you take a moment to identify the... your father now? Please, Inspector. Not now. I don't feel up to it. Is there anything I can do to help... Inspector? Hmm? This is Mr. Lawton, Inspector. Dad's partner. Well, it's just a matter of police routine, Mr. Lawton. So, if someone will identify the body now, it will spare Mrs. Cheney an unpleasant visit to the... Of course. Come with me, please. If you don't mind, Inspector, I'll take Mother home. I'm afraid she... Yes, by all means. There's nothing you can do here now. I'll get in touch with you. Thank you. Come, Mother. Right over here, to the car, Mr. Lawton. Let us through, Mike. Well, Anne, I thought I asked you to... Yes, I know, Inspector. But she ignored me, as if I was invisible. I couldn't do a thing. She insisted on watching. Yes, I suppose so. Well, Mr. Lawton? Yes, uh, that's Randolph. Mm Mm-hmm. We knew that, of course, but it's necessary to make positive identification. And how about the other man, the driver of the death car? Do you know him? No, I never saw him before in my life. You're sure of that? I'm positive, Inspector. Why do you ask? Just trying to make a little sense out of a senseless mess, Anne. Apparently the driver plunged this cab headlong through the wooden barrier into the river. But why? It just doesn't make sense. Unless... Unless... Well, unless he wanted to kill Cheney. In which case, it would hardly seem likely that he'd want to kill himself as well. Exactly. 
No, I guess we've got to take the situation at face value. An accident. Maybe the driver had heart failure and lost control of the car. Or he suddenly went nuts. Or something. Such things have happened. Inspector Collins. Okay, Mike. Excuse me a minute, Anne. Mr. Lawton? Of course. Certainly, Inspector. This must be very difficult for you, Mr. Lawton. Your partner's death, I mean. It is, Miss Rogers. It is. I don't know what I'll do without Randolph. We've been together for many years. Many, many years. <sighs> it's a frightful thing. Yes. But life must go on, I suppose. Fortunately, young Cheney has been trained to step into his father's place. Martin, you know, that's odd, but I never knew Randolph Cheney had a son. Well, to be perfectly accurate, Martin isn't his natural son. He's really only his nephew. But the relationship was very close. Randolph raised him. He was just like a father to him. Oh, I see. Anne, would you mind stepping over here? Yes, of course. What is it, Inspector? Nothing much. I just thought you might want a few more facts for your notes. We have the cab driver's name. It's Farnicelli. Giuseppe Farnicelli. How did you identify him? His photo in the city registration files for cab licenses. Oh, yes, I... Inspector? Yes, Anne? Has anyone moved Farnicelli's body since the cab was dragged from the river? You know better than that, Anne. No one is allowed to touch anything until after the medical examiner has inspected the bodies. And the M.E. hasn't come yet? He's on his way now. Be here any minute. Yes, but Inspector, isn't it strange that the driver's body is lying on the floor on the right side of the cab? Um... The driver's seat is on the left. Uh, Miss Rogers... I'm no authority on matters of this sort, but wouldn't the victim's bodies be almost anywhere? I mean, ugly as it may be to think of it, both men must have undergone a few horrible moments before. That's right, Anne. Naturally, they both try to get out of the cab. Take a look at Cheney's position over here. It's obvious he was fighting to get that door open. But he didn't. No. The handle must have broke when the car crashed. See how it spins without releasing the catch? Well, I suppose you're right. Of course I am. Well, Mr. Lawton, going? Yes, Inspector. That is, if you have no further need of me. No, thanks. You've given us all the help you can. What, Anne? You're not leaving, too. I'm afraid so, Inspector. I have several things I want to do. Oh? Well, sorry I dragged you down here on a false alarm, Anne. I didn't realize it was going to be an open and shut case. Just open, Inspector. Not shut. What? Now see here, Anne. I hope you're... It might be very foolish and very feminine intuition of me, Inspector. But somehow, I have a feeling that this is far from being a closed case... Those several things I want to do might shed a ray of light on a few strangely dark angles of a very, 
very curious accident. I can't begin to tell you how sorry I am, Mr. Farnicelli. I know that your son's death is a terrible shock. See, he was a good boy, Miss Magiusep. A good boy. I'm sure he was. A good, hard-working boy. Fifteen years he drive a cab here in the city and never a bit of trouble. The police, she like him. The public, she like him. Everybody, they like him, Magiusep. He never worked for anyone else, then? No, signorina, he was, what do you call, uh, independence. Like his old man. <laughs> Me, when I come to this country 25 years ago, I tells my wife, Rosa, America, she's the land of liberty, I say. From now on, I work for myself. So I open this shoemaker establishment. And I make a good shoes, make a good friends. I raise my bambinos to be good Americans, just like myself. Tell me something else, Mr. Farnicelli. Did Giuseppe know the other man who died in the car crash? Mr. Randolph Cheney? I never heard him mention the name. Or anyone connected with his family? Mrs. Cheney was once a motion picture actress. I don't think so, signorina. Well, that's what I thought. Thanks anyway, Mr. Farnicelli. I... I'm so sorry this happened. Mili grazie, signorina. Thank you. Thank you very much. Me, Lorenzo Farnicelli, I'm a sorry too. I'm an old man. It would have been better if it had been me. But it's like the great Italian philosopher Benedetto Croce says, Che sera? Sera. What will be? Will be. But confound it, Anne, I'm not in the mood for guessing games. Please, be a good girl now and tell me what this is all about. Patience, Inspector. Patience. In just a moment, you'll learn from a much more capable authority than myself. Ah, here we are. The... the morgue? Now, for Pete's sake, Anne, what on earth? Let's see now. Which is the medical examiner's office? Oh, yes. Here we are. Hello, doctor. Oh, hello, Miss Rogers. Good morning, Inspector Collins. Come in, please. Hello, Doc. Thanks. Now, what's going on here? Anne refuses to tell me. Tell him, Doctor, before he implodes. Very well, Miss Rogers. It's about Cheney, Inspector. Cheney? Cheney? Great Scott. Now, don't tell me Anne's hunch was right after all, that Cheney was murdered. I'm afraid that's the only logical conclusion, Collins. But, but, sweet howling snakes, how? He looked all right. No bullet holes, no stab wounds. Then what? Oh, wait, poison. It must have been poison, eh? No, 
Randolph Cheney was drowned. I see. Drowned, eh? Well, now, what do you think of... Hey, what? Drowned? Of course he was drowned. Do you think I didn't know that? Good Lord, he was under the river all night. Of course he was drowned. Unless he had gills. But how does that indicate murder? Indirectly, Inspector. But nonetheless, conclusively. Because you see, the driver of the taxicab, Giuseppe Farnicelli, was not drowned. What? Oh, come on. Miss Rogers is telling the truth, Collins. And I'm grateful to her for making the suggestion that I perform an autopsy on Farnicelli's body. Otherwise, under the circumstances, I might never have suspected his death to have been the result of anything other than the drowning that it seemed to be. You mean Farnicelli was... Inspector, according to the doctor's examination, the taxi driver had been strangled. Strangled? That's right. There were faint but unmistakable bruises on his throat. The more important proof, however, is the fact that there was no water in his lungs. So, if he had still been alive when the car drove into the river, he, like Cheney, would have had water in his lungs. The fact that he didn't definitely proves... I see what you mean, Doctor. But... but that means... Yes, Inspector. I thought so the moment I saw Farnicelli's body huddled on the wrong side of the death car that he had been shoved out of the way by the person who really drove Randolph Cheney to his doom. This is actually a double case of murder. We will return to our astounding story in just a minute. But first, a few words from our sponsor. This is Stella Thomas. I'm Stella Thomas. Stella Thomas had been living in her little world for 27 years, and Stella did not know it yet, but that world was about to come crashing down all around her. Wait, what? Your world wasn't real, so Earth just doesn't exist? Lost and confused, Stella joined the crew of the Starship Raccoon, which left her even more lost and confused. Strong Branch Productions presents a sci-fi comedy that will leave you asking, Why? What does it all mean? I am a wealth of knowledge, you insolent little meat This crew is a nightmare I can never wake from. I'm freer than I've ever been. I take it all back. And now, back to Hot Copy. The accidental drowning of wealthy Randolph Cheney has been proven by Ann Rogers to be no accident, but actually cold-blooded and deliberate murder. So, Anne now seeks both hot copy and a killer. Murder! Murder! But... That's impossible, Inspector. Utterly unbelievable. Randolph Cheney didn't have an enemy in the world. He was sweet, kind, generous to a fault. Harold's right, Inspector. You must be mistaken. It was an accident. A terrible and tragic accident. But not murder. Unfortunately, Mrs. Cheney, the evidence clearly indicates the opposite. Your husband's death was deliberately planned by the person who drove him into the river. You mean that cab driver? Farnacelli or whatever his name was? But why? Farna. 
Fauna. Wait a minute. Did you say his name was Fauna Celli? That's right, Mr. Lawton. Great Scott. It all begins to make sense. What do you mean? Five or six years ago, there was a Fauna Celli who worked for us. He drove one of our interstate vans. Randolph discovered the man was stealing from us and fired him. The man left and swore he'd get even some day. I see. Then you think he waited all these years to... That must be the answer. And do you think it's logical, Mr. Lawton, that a man would kill himself in order to destroy even a hated enemy? Well, uh, well, frankly, no, Miss Rogers. But the man must have been insane. Perhaps he thought he could leap from the death car at the last minute and failed. You know how those Italians are. Impetuous. Fiery. Well, that's a theory. But I'm afraid it's a bad theory, Inspector. I'm quite sure Mr. Lawton is mistaken. About Farnicelli, I mean. You see, I've spoken to his father, and I happen to know that Giuseppe Farnicelli never worked for anyone except himself. He's always been a cab driver. I see. You're sure of that? Yes. Well, Mr. Lawton? Well, I, I could have been mistaken, of course. Possibly I was. Now that I come to think of it, I believe the man I'm thinking of was named uh, Spagnelli. Yes, that's right. Spagnelli. Or something like that. Possibly so. Anyhow, if Barnicelli were the one, it doesn't seem likely he would have first strangled himself, then driven the cab into the river. Farnicelli was strangled? Definitely. Good lord! Then, whoever killed father also killed the driver. Uh, Mr. Cheney? Yes, Miss Rogers? You always speak of Mr. Cheney as father, yet I understand you were not really his son at all, merely a nephew? Yes, that's correct. Your own parents are dead? Yes. My mother died when I was very young. My father, well, he... I know. I glanced over the newspaper files before coming here this afternoon. Is it true that your father was a... suicide? That was never proven. The newspapers hinted scandal. In an unfortunate accident. It was believed he might have taken his own life because his brother and business associate, Randolph Cheney, had squeezed him out of their partnership reducing him to near poverty. That was cheap gossip. Not a word of truth to it. My father had... retired. Uh, Cheney, what position did you hold in the present partnership? Why, I'm a sort of vice president. I see. A sort of vice president. However, now that your uncle is dead... Well, I... I don't really know. We haven't really discussed it yet. Martin will step into Randolph's position, of course. We have always intended that. Quite so. Martin knows the work and is quite capable of carrying on. In other words, you will at last step into the position which was rightfully yours all along. Isn't that so, Mr. Cheney? I take no such view of the situation, Miss Rogers, and I resent your putting it that way. If you're implying that I... I hated my uncle and wanted him out of the way. You're talking rank nonsense. 
He and Aunt Evelyn have been like parents to me. They gave me a home, an education, every advantage a man could ask for. That's true, Inspector. You must believe him. Why, Martin would no more dream of killing his uncle than than I would. I've raised Martin like my own son. I know every dream and ambition that he ever held, and there's not a grain of greed or malice in him. Thanks, Mother. Really, Inspector, I believe you're barking up the wrong tree. Evelyn is right. Business did not mean enough to Martin that he'd want to kill to win the power. He was much more interested in his sports and hobbies than in the dull affairs of commerce. His swimming was his greatest enjoyment. His swimming? Did you say swimming? Why, uh, why, yes, I, I... Wait a minute. Cheney? Swimming? Are you Speed Cheney, who swam with the U.S. team in the last Olympics? Why, yes, I did participate. Oh, I see. <clears throat> oh, now, I say. I... I seem to have phrased that poorly. I didn't mean to. Cheney, just where were you last night, at the time of your uncle's... accident? Where? Why, I... I'm not exactly sure. I had nothing in particular planned for the evening. I left home after dinner. I went for a little stroll. Wasn't it a rather bad night for... strolling? It was a bit foggy, if that's what you mean. But I don't mind weather. I... If I were you, I'd try to remember exactly where I was, Cheney. It might be important. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Inspector. Martin failed to mention that he was with me for the greater part of the evening. Mother! Evelyn! Wait! What's that, Mrs. Cheney? With you? Yes! We... We left the hotel together. I suggested a movie, but Martin didn't want to go. So we just wandered around, simply doing a little window shopping. Are you certain of that, Mrs. Cheney? You see, we had a little chat with the doorman downstairs, a nice chap named Potter. He told us that he never saw you leave the place last night, but that Martin left alone about an hour before Mr. Cheney came downstairs. Well, I... I didn't use the front entrance. I... uh, that is, I... Please, Mother, it's no use. <laughs> then she wasn't with you, Mr. Cheney? No. She's just trying to give me an alibi. I suppose you know, Mrs. Cheney, that I could place you under arrest for obstructing justice? What you are trying to do represents a criminal offense. What would you have me do? Simply stand by and let Martin go to the chair? I can't let him be. What are you trying to do? Drive me insane? Oh, stop. Stop! Oh, I can't stand much more of this. Randolph, gone! The shock of his death. The agony of knowing I'll never see him again. Then you walk into my home and accuse my son. Please, mother. Please. 
Now, see here, Collins. I realize you're an officer of the law and all that. Yet, but there's a time and a place for everything, and this is a poor time to be badgering a heartbroken woman about a so-called murder that any fool can plainly see was just a tragic accident. Now wait a minute, Lawton. No, you wait a minute. I've heard enough! You and your pretty companion can get out of our house this minute. If you have any further questions to ask, you can... Mr. Lawton, I wonder if you'd mind answering just one question. Well? How long have you been in love with Evelyn Cheney? How? How long have I? It's rather obvious, you know particularly when you permit yourself to fly into a rage whenever anyone is questioning her. I, I, well, what if I am? Oh, nothing, except that it could be very significant, because you see, you also would then have had an excellent reason for wanting Randolph Cheney out of the way. I? Great heavens, you can't think... I know that Evelyn Cheney was once a great movie star. Yes, Mrs. Cheney. You see, I've read all about you most carefully. And I also know that although she married Randolph Cheney, you had been one of her most ardent suitors. Add to that the fact that you have remained a bachelor for more than twenty years, and somehow attached yourself to the Cheneys as a sort of fourth member of the family. It all adds up, doesn't it? It's... It adds up to nothing, Miss Rogers, except that you're right in one respect. I am not ashamed of it. No, not at all. I do love Evelyn. I've loved her ever since. Harold, no, you mustn't say that. I tell you, I can't stand everything happening like this all at once. But you've known, Evelyn. You must have. Oh, I did know, Harold. And I think, yes, I think, I love you too. Perhaps even more than I loved Randolph. Mother! But this is no time to talk of such things. Oh, can't you see, Harold? I do love you. But until this horrible mystery has been cleared up, I'd, I'd never know. I'd never trust anyone. But I think of Randolph beneath the river... Clawing at a door that wouldn't open, everything else seems unimportant, almost unreal. No, we've got to wait until this dreadful case is solved. Clawing at? What did you say, Mrs. Cheney? I said, we've got to wait until... Yes, until this dreadful case is solved. I heard that. But it's solved. Wait, what? How? I don't understand. What on earth do you mean? Solved? Solved? Yes, it's solved. Because of what you said just before that. I pity you, Mrs. Cheney. That's twice in your life that words have betrayed you, isn't it? Words have... Now see here, miss. What is this? Anne, what do you mean? First, it was your motion picture career. You were great in silent films, but when the talkies came, you were through. There were just too many actresses with better voices than you. 
and they were usually younger and prettier as well. You lost the fame, the wealth, the adoration that you so loved. But I supposed you were reasonably contented until recently. You thought you saw an opportunity to have one final fling, along with freedom from a husband that you had grown to hate. A new love. And with it, more money, more power, and more luxury upon the inheritance of your husband's estate. Miss Rogers, do you realize what you're saying? Yes, that Mrs. Cheney murdered her husband. What? You must be mad! No, but I'm afraid she is. I hope so, anyway. It's her only chance to avoid the penalty for her crimes. You... you're sure of this, Anne? Positive. I began to suspect Evelyn Cheney when I learned that before her marriage, she had been Evelyn Willows, movie star of the old silent films. Think, Inspector. Evelyn Willows! I know you're not an expert in regard to old-time movie stars, but please, just think about that name and try to remember why she was famous way back then. Evelyn Willows? Two real thrillers, a piano tinkling in the orchestra pit, a villain with a thick black mustache, and a beautiful, daring girl dangling from the edge of a cliff. Great guns! The Adventures of Evelyn! Yes, exactly! Evelyn Willows was one of the great stunt girl heroines in the old motion pictures. Along with stars like Pearl White and Ruth Rowland, she thrilled millions with her daring deeds. She would leap from burning buildings, drive motorcycles through fences, dive into a lake from the edge of a mountain. It was her proud boast that she never used a double. She always took the risks herself. The same as last night. She took a similar risk for a bigger payoff. Mother, tell her she's wrong. Tell her she's lying. Tell her. No, she's right. What? Evelyn? Mother, no. It doesn't matter. The truth will come out now, anyhow. I left this apartment shortly after you last night. Martin went out through the back entrance without being seen. But when I came back in wet clothing, one of the maids saw me. I, I bribed her to say nothing, and she promised that she would, as long as she was not questioned. So you can be sure that she'll talk now. Evelyn, don't. Don't say another word. You need a lawyer to protect you. Oh, but they'll never be able to put me on death row, Harold, because I'm insane, you see. Oh, I'm quite insane. Don't you see how very clever I was? I slipped into a cab, the first one I could find. The driver died easily. Oh, very easily. He suspected nothing, so before he could start the car, I leaned forward. You... you... strangled him with your... I'm very strong, Martin. Very strong. Then I put on his cap. That was all I needed. The night was dark and foggy, and no one ever really takes a close look at a cab driver anyway. Next, I pushed the driver's body to the floor. I slipped back and unfastened the door handles so they turned uselessly. Then I drove to the cab stand up the street from our hotel, and I waited 
I thought he'd never come. I ignored everyone who wanted a cab. I just pretended that I was on a break. Meanwhile, I waited for Randolph, and then, finally, he called for a cab. So off I went and picked him up. He had summoned his own judgment day. Mrs. Cheney, it's my duty to warn you. <laughs> yes, I know. But don't bother, Inspector. I'm hopelessly insane. No judge will ever sentence me to die for my crimes. Yes, Mrs. Cheney, I know you are. I also know you think you're just pretending to be insane in order to escape punishment, but you're more right than you know. What? You mean you really think that I'm crazy? You, you fool! I'm as sane as you are, quite sane. Do you hear? There's nothing wrong with me. I'll murder you, too. I'll tear your eyes out if you dare say that I'm... Mother, please, stop. Evelyn, calm yourself. All right. Very well. I'll go quietly. But before I do... Miss Rogers? Yes, Mrs. Cheney? You said that twice in my life words have betrayed me. What did you mean? What did I say that caused you to suspect? It was when you were describing Randolph's death, Mrs. Cheney. You pictured those dark moments much too accurately. You said he was deep beneath the river, clawing at a door that wouldn't open. Yes, but how? Only two people ever knew that those doors would not open, Mrs. Cheney, until this morning, when the car was dragged from the river. The man who fought so desperately to open them, and the killer who, after strangling Farnicelli, removed the screws from the door latches so the handles spun uselessly on their hinges. Yes, it was an ingenious death trap, but it caught the one who set it, as well as its intended victim. Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. We truly hope that you enjoyed our recreation of Death in the Driver's Seat, a lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, originally broadcast on May 7th, 1944. Our cast on this episode featured Rhonda Sigler Ware as Anne Rogers, Christian Newhouse as Inspector Collins, Samantha Thompson as Evelyn Cheney, Patrick Broncato as Harold Lawton, Joe Stuffco as Randolph Cheney, Glenn Haskell as the medical examiner, Jerry Kokich as Lorenzo Farnicelli and Lieutenant Mike Flanagan, George Worrell as Potter, Logan Smith as Martin Cheney and also as your announcer. In addition, the following voices were also heard on this episode. James Robinson, John R. Worsley, Michael J. Love, and Robert J. Cherney. This episode was adapted from the original script written by Nelson S. Bond. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, 
Then, give a five-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. And, if your favorite streaming service carries this show and allows you to give a rating, please be sure to rate us there also. Finally, if you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to the show, please send an email to hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter as at hotcopyradio. In addition, we have a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. We invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theater. Thank <laughs> you.